If you enjoy Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, there is an amazing resource at your fingertips full of great videos and full of technique thoughtfully explained. The website's tfsjujitsu.com. Now, this website features tons of videos that help break down various techniques and help explain step-by-step on how to get you there. With gi and no-gi instructionals, it has something for everybody who enjoys BJJ. This website has been meticulously put together by Team Balance Black Belt, Ben Tallini. And his focus was to build a website where people felt confident in the information they were getting. TFSJujitsu.com is full of videos of various positions, submissions, takedowns, and more. One of my favorite things about the website is Ben invites other instructors to share their favorite techniques and break them down into bite-sized pieces. So, listen, it's a great website. I think you guys are going to enjoy it, especially if you enjoy Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Make sure you check them out at TFSJujitsu.com. That's T-F-S-J-I-U-J-I-T-S-U.com. My guest today is Morgan Backus. She is a spiritual advisor as well as a health coach. Morgan's got a lot on her plate, and she handles it with class and finesse. And I'm not going to lie to you, it's this whole past life regression stuff and the chakras and all that stuff usually is not my cup of tea. But A, I've never really talked to anybody who knows a great deal about that stuff, and B, I just have never been really exposed to it. So this is the first time I've had a conversation with somebody who uh, does past life regressions. She is very much into uh, her spiritual sense, which I don't think I'm very much tapped into. It was a great conversation, and I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. Here is Morgan Backus. <laughs> Uh, Morgan, thank you for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm a little nervous. Oh, don't be. There's nothing to be nervous about. You're a great person. And I think that's going to shine through on the podcast, especially with somebody how you have so many things on your plate. You're juggling so many things, right? Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm in a circus sometimes, but that's okay. Um, I like it that way. I've got a lot going on. Um, made a lot of huge changes in, I don't know, the past two or three years alone. And I'm excited to bring all of them to, you know, my community. How do you, how do you juggle them? Like how, how do you know where to put your focus? That's a good question. So I think that the most important thing that's helped me is to look at what my long-term goal is and then compare it to what my short-term goals are. And then line up all the things I want to get done and all the things that need to get done. And if they're going to benefit me, you know, if I have to rank them in order, like 10, this is something that has to be done, whether it's, you know, for an immediate goal or a long-term goal, I think it's just prioritizing the things in order of importance. Cause if I, if I wrote down all the things that I want to do or, or contribute or give to people, it would look like one of those scrolls from like ancient Rome and yeah. it would just be so overwhelming. So I, I have to like pick and choose really carefully what I put my time into. 
Yeah, and that's that's a delicate balance, right? For those that don't know, give us a rundown of all the things that you're doing. Currently or Yeah, yeah, currently. Okay, so currently I'm wrapping up um I'm a student at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So I decided to put myself first last year and really be proactive and you know, bettering my life and then getting, you know, a formal education to help my clients. So I'm wrapping that up um, in the next month or two. Um, I took on another really big undertaking, I guess, for me that is completely out of my ballpark naturally. And that was due to like some personal circumstances. Um, Last year, I had some health conditions come up and Finances are one of like the really big things that impact everybody, you know, whether it's mental health, physical health, or not being able to get the best help. So I've been in the process of gaining my federal and my state licenses for financial advising, just to add to my coaching. Um, A huge passion of mine is past life regression and beyond quantum healing. So last year I got certified to be a practitioner for that, which is um, yeah, what's know. the certification look like for that? Yeah, so it was a little bit weird. I, I, everything with like coronavirus is like online right now. So I went through um, I the the process. It's called as BQH Beyond Quantum Healing Hypnosis. And when I took it, it was an online course, and basically you can get through it in a couple weeks or a month. But I'm that person that will sit there and just smash through something in like a week. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then you actually have to actually like put like the light practice into it. So it's broken down into modules. I've got a really in-depth, I guess, history with like spirituality, the quantum realm, everything that goes on, like esoterics, like that's my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I haven't really shown people. And that, yeah, what's um, the quantum realm? Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, what is so that? It's, it's everything like you can't see, like energy, the subconscious, um, epigenetics. I forget the doctor who covers that a lot, but um, basically the things you, you really can't see, um, when I'm doing a session, I access somebody's subconscious or there's lots of different terms you can use their oversoul, their subconscious mind. Um, there, it's just, there's lots of different terms, but I usually re- like relate it to your subconscious self or your higher self. And so, yeah, there's a really cool like metaphor that one of my clients gave and, um, and, and then the numerous podcasts that are out there, um, they describe the subconscious mind as like a helicopter, right? So us as humans, we're driving our cars right down here on the road. And then our subconscious is like this helicopter that's constantly hovering over us. And, you know, a mile down the road, there may be a, a car crash or a detour or something that we can't perceive here. But on a different level, a quantum level, your subconscious self, they can see above and beyond and around it. So when I take somebody into a session, um, I, I go there, like we go to that helicopter spot where we can see what's ahead, we can see what's behind everything that's happened in this life, other lives, future lives. Um, and that's really exciting. And then there's Have you done any of them in person or has all your sessions been online? All of them I have done in wow. person. So- see, I was going to ask, I would... I don't know how the process works, but I would imagine it might be even easier if it was like person to person. Yeah. So working with energy and like the quantum realm, it knows no time or space. So once you get there, it's kind of, it's, it's hard to conceptualize, right. As time and as 
as things as we normally process, we can't really, it doesn't click right away, but we don't have to be in person. And that's one of the really cool things about VQH. Its predecessor, which is um, QHHT, which is like, it's, it's very, very similar, but there's a couple different aspects that BQH can offer. One being you can do it virtually. Um, you, I don't have to be in person. I love being in person. Um, my sessions last between three and six hours and I break Whoa. it up. Yeah. It's long. a long it's, session. It is. It's an experience and it, it taps me energetically. So, you know, I bring a lot to my clients. And I do my best to give them the absolute best session for them. And everything, I think a misconception is like, you know, are you a medium? Are you do, like, are you going to tell me what to do? And there's, a, there's specific reasons why I chose BQH compared to any other kind of modality. And I feel like it puts the power back in the client. Whereas, you know, I might as well just go into it. So when my mom passed away about five years ago, I was, completely shattered. She's my best friend. I've always been super spiritual. And when I didn't like receive anything, she didn't come to me. Everything was like black. I just kind of went into chaos mode. So I was reaching out to my astrologers and my mediums and divination tools and all these things where over the course of time, I lost my sense of my personal intuition, my own power, right? So listening to everybody else and hearing what they had to say or their options and um, all of those, I believe, have a time and a place. But for me, I almost shattered my own intuition, which I've I've kept very sacred to me for my whole life. And do you think it was because you were looking to kind of like hear from her as in that regard? Yeah. Like you're trying to find some sign of her? Yeah, I wanted comfort. I wanted relief. I wanted our connection still. And and we had talked about it, you know, like when I was younger, like, oh, you don't don't worry, I'll haunt you when I when I go kind of a thing. And when I didn't get anything, I was like, what am I doing wrong? What's happening? It made me question everything. And it really just led me down the path of, I don't know, I guess, spiritual awakening. I hate to use like those cliche words, but it's where I really started exploring everything that's out there from religions to esoterics, to metaphysics, to light and dark and shadows and, you know, inner child and all these things. Um, it just expanded for me. And you know, I've put myself in some really crappy positions, but at the same time, those crappy positions have put me in the right place to be able to give to other people. Um, when and, your mom passed away, was that like the closest death that you had to deal with? Yeah, you know, I lost yeah. my grandparents and and things like that. But she, I mean, like we were like glue. She definitely yeah. was there throughout like the whole police academy when I was going through law enforcement and. She passed away before I was able to walk across the stage. So she she never got to see those really big milestones for me and um, myself and my daughter. You know, we were we were so close. So it crushed me in all these ways where I just kind right. of needed anything I could. Yeah, that's it was the same for the hardest death I had to deal with was my grandfather. And I was the same way where like for years I was always trying to find like signals like Oh, grandpa really liked hawks. There's a hawk right there. Maybe that's him. You know what I mean? Like I always was trying to hunt and search for, for these different signs. And then there was one day, probably about three, four years after he passed away. Have you ever done a sensory deprivation tank? No, but it's something I really would. You love would love it. I know. I've heard you that. You would I mean, for sure love it. Up. Yeah, they just uh, they just opened up in Syracuse again, um, really? and I was at that one. 
And when you do it for the first time, like when you do a sensory deprivation, the first time is kind of a little weird because you're you don't know what to expect. You have a hard time kind of getting in the rhythm. But like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, and the more that you can get. Because uh, it's you know the it's pitch black. You can't see anything. You can't hear anything. The water is uh, 98 degrees. So you once you're in there and you settle, like you kind of lose where the water is breaking on your skin. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then. Um, I just, I don't know if it was a dream or what, but I had this like crazy, like this deep, like, I don't know, what's the term for the dreams that you feel like you can, you're tasting and hearing and all that. There's yeah. a term for it. So I think there's lucid dreaming. Yeah. Lucid. lucid. Yeah. So I had a lucid dream of my grandfather and he wanted to show me this memory, his favorite memory of me and my sister, which was him just pulling us on his tractor. And he had like this toe behind cart and that for me helps me get closure with my grandfather like that was the the moment that i was like okay maybe maybe that was a sign or maybe that was me just dreaming and i missed him a lot that day no i think that's beautiful um i'm all into trusting the first things that come to you and i think that's really important so i think that as humans we we do a lot of self-doubt and then we think like, oh, are we crazy? Is this a sign? Is is that really them? Is this a message? Um, and I, I think like learning to listen and trust from your heart because we're we're constantly in our minds, we're constantly go, go, go. So when you're when those other senses get deprived, when it's total darkness, when when you just meld in with that water, which is just water is a whole different form of consciousness. But when, when you're in that, your your body can just let go. And that's where things come. It's just like, it's a form of meditation for a lot of people. Yeah, for, that's why I feel like you would love that. I know, it's it's on my list. Like that's on that big scroll that we're talking yeah. about. You have to pencil in an hour and a half to go do a sensory deprivation tank. I, now I have to. Yeah, it's a, it's a really unique. And like I said, the first time it might feel a little weird for you, but I think you do a lot of meditation and stuff like that. So I think you would get into a easier position. Like you're not claustrophobic, are you? No, not really. Yeah. Some people who are claustrophobic have a hard time with it, but they don't lock the door. You know what I mean? Like you can, you, once you shut the door, it's not like someone's holding the door back, but some people have that, that mental block in their head, you know? Mm -hmm. So when uh, someone comes to you, with a past life regression, what's the plan of attack? You said usually it's a three to six hour session. So how do you, how do you start with somebody? Yeah. So honestly, it starts the first time they contact me, like before we even get into a session. So that part of your consciousness, your the higher self, if you're gravitated towards it for whatever reason, everything's already starting to work. The process is already going. So I always do a phone call, a consultation to make sure I am the right practitioner to make sure that, you know, whatever you're really looking to get, it's something that I feel I can help you with. And I mean, the, the reasons why you would want to do a past life regression um, could be, I mean, endless. Once you get into that realm and another thing is um, there comes a point in the actual regression where whether your consciousness is taking us through past lives or future lives or alternate lives or lives between oh you can go into future lives yeah like that like the past life is just like a small piece of this um we're actually able to access your higher self and 
when we do the initial consultation, after I explain how I break it up and, and how it works, I have them write out a list of questions. It could be a couple questions that they have. It could be 12, like, you know, sky's the limit. But the things that are bothering them, things that they want answered, whether it's to find out past about past lives, whether they have reoccurring dreams that they just can't understand, whether it was some kind of crazy event that happened in their childhood, relationship issues, physical pain, um, anxiety, gosh, like I've had people that were in the Iraq war that, you know, actually wanted to remember the memories that they're, they just shut themselves off from. Uh, so many different things can be accessed, but there comes a point where I can actually communicate with your higher self and even the guides and beings that are assisting you in this life. Like yesterday, my session I had, um, it was about four hours long in the actual regression. Um, when you're in that state, um, the theta brainwave, it, it was about an hour and a half, but we talked to their soulmate for about an hour and a half. And they, they came to me not knowing what they needed, but they know they needed it. And normally I would just be like, well, you know, I don't think that this is for you because normally you have a specific thing that you want answered or, or whatever, but I had this innate feeling. My, my intuition said, you have to do this. You don't know how this session's going to go. You never know how the session's going to go because we're all different. How things come and the, the integration process for each person is different, but we got into it and they had a feeling that they were missing something, a puzzle piece that they just couldn't figure out. And it was really bothering them. And it, it came to be that, you know, their, their soulmate or one of the soulmates, cause we can have multiple soulmates, but this being that they've lived m many lives with, um, we came to understand their agreement for this life and, you know, why they felt certain ways and why they were, you know, certain things just weren't important to them in this life. And, and that their mission was, XYZ. So people can come for all different reasons. A lot of times they want to know what their purpose is, if they're on the right path, if they want to connect with their spirit guides or angels or guides or whomever is there to guide them. And, and that's really the most like gratifying thing for me, because as much as I'm helping other people, I'm helping and I'm learning to help the next person and the next person. And I'm getting this, this wisdom and this knowledge from a whole different realm that I can help better myself and other people. And it's just, I'm so grateful for every single session I have, because they're all so different. I, I couldn't even say that, you know, it's going to be the same, but. Yeah, it's hard to have the same plan yeah. of attack for different people. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, when I was 16, I did a past life regression, but it was not the way that you are saying it. When I was, mm -hmm. it was like my, my dad's ex-girlfriend had a friend that did it. And they did like a family session where each, each of us had like a half hour with this lady. And, uh, I, I remember her saying something that my past life, I was a, uh, Indian and I was a lacrosse player and I was some, some athlete that the tribe worshiped or so, it was something like that. And then there was another one that I was in a, I was a world war two pilot and my, my plane crashed. And that that's why I have a fear of heights. And I remember leaving that session and being like, that's kind of, that's kind of bullshit. I'm wearing a sports shirt. It's got a bunch of basketballs and stuff all over the shirt. So maybe she saw that. How, how do you convince people 
that this stuff is like it's like legitimate right like you you went to school you practice this stuff you're really you really put your time and energy into this stuff how do you convince the naysayers so i guess my answer is i don't i honestly don't want to work some with somebody who doesn't feel that way because i think that and it's not i think it's annoying um that everything comes from your belief and the intention and the power you give that to so if you're committed to saying that this isn't going to work you're going to have a really hard time letting your mind open up to that part of yourself and yeah. and that's the thing so I truly feel that what I personally bring as an individual, as a soul, is is different than other practitioners. And people are gravita gravitated towards me for whatever reason. So if you're coming to me, you know, I'm not going to be out there being like, listen, you have some trauma and I, I can help you. Yeah, I'll put the information out. And I truly believe that when you're and, and we're not meant to have all the information at once. Um, it doesn't work like that. So wherever we're at in our path or our journey, we're going to be exposed to as much as we can handle at that time. So if it fits the bill for me to connect with you and to help you explore that part, then I think on a whole different level, like on the, on the helicopters, we're all floating, we'll, we'll connect in the way. And that's where the higher self comes in. And then you know, I can't tell you how many people have came to me and said like the same things over and over again. Like, you do this or you did this for me, or I, I knew I had to do this or all these things. So I'm not out to convince anybody. If anything, I will put out the information. And if it resonates with you, then great. We're probably going to work together. But if not, that's totally okay too. And I think that if, if it's a belief and it's out there, as long as it's not hurting other people or yourself, we're all allowed to feel and believe whatever we want. So I'm not out to change people's minds. I'm out to inform and educate and help people if they feel like I can help them. Does that, I guess, does that? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I just, I know 16 year old Corey was very strong headed and not very open minded about anything. 16 year old Corey, I probably would have freaking hated. I'm not going to lie. Just kind of arrogant, a little cocky, but I would imagine that would be a big part of your job is, is people saying, oh, that's not legitimate or something, you know, like I would imagine you would constantly have to, to deal with that kind of thing. To me, it sounds if you have an open mind, like you're going to you're going to get something out of that. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And it's an experience. It's definitely something where it takes, you know, after after the session said and done, I kind of feel out how my client, you know, processed everything. And sometimes I'll go over the scenes because oftentimes we go through multiple scenes and then, you know, we have that connection to the higher self or whomever is there. And that's a lot. So sometimes people don't want to talk about that. And it's funny that you say like, you know, arrogant parts. I'm a 45 year old. They have the same thing right now and they're 45. But when you come and, and we go through, um, the, you know, so I guess I'll explain it this way. I break it into three parts, an interview portion where we basically sit and we talk and, and I set the tone for it. So um, that takes about an hour. And then the regression can take anywhere between an hour and a half. I've had them go to three hours and then Ooh. I do a post review. Yeah, it's a lot. So it's kind of like, imagine like meditating, like for three hours, how you mm -hmm. feel after. And like, I like run some kind of spiritual high after because like, I am just so in the zone and I'm done. It's just, it's great. And then it hits me really hard because all my energy is just depleted at night. So, um, but yeah, that first interview part, 
really getting to know that person and intuitively I know what questions have to be asked that are going to be prompted for the session. It helps me get to understand who who they are. And I mean, it's not like we can hop out and be like, hey, ask about this. I have to know you and get to know you and who you are enough to know when I'm in the regression, what questions are going to be beneficial. And there's some questions that I can't ask because you're not supposed to know. And that's my job to know. Um, yeah, that's and it seems like your approach was vastly different than than the lady that did mine when I was when I was sixteen. It yeah. it was literally like a half hour, like in and out. Yeah. She asked me like three questions and then it was like right into it. People have asked, like, are you a medium? And sometimes I question because I'm learning a lot about myself, but this isn't like medium work. It's all from you. And yeah, I hear things and I get things and a lot of times I can see what they're they're explaining in the session, which is really interesting. The more I do it, the more awake I am to the things that I do. But when, like if we touch on arrogance and stuff, so in the interview portion, I'll ask the questions that I feel compelled to ask. And I've had clients that answer one way. And once we get into that session and their higher self comes out, they'll, they basically call themselves out and they're like, they, they need to do this and they need to not do this. And that's usually when after the session, I just kind of step back because you just shared a really personal experience with me and I don't judge. I don't, you know, I don't look at anybody differently and literally nothing is weird to me. You cannot say anything that I'm going to think is crazy or out of this world. I was going to say, you probably heard some weird shit in some of those sessions. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> keeping an open mind and, and knowing that every journey is different and just for them at the right time, I think is, is really important. But I mean, you can't, you can't lie from that perspective of yourself. Like the truth will come out and it is what it is. But you know what? That, that client had probably the most growth that I've had out of all my clients between sleeping better, releasing physical pain, having better communication, communication, possibly saving the marriage they were in. I mean, I, that what is what feels so good to me is having somebody come back and be like, I can walk into the grocery store and not have an anxiety attack or I have slept better than I have in years or wow. Hey, you're making major impacts in people's lives. Right? And, it's, and it's not like I'm saying you need to go home and eat a chicken breast and four ounces of brown rice and some broccoli for three weeks and your life is going to be solved. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's everything is coming from the person and that's where the power comes from. Like sometimes we like to be told what to do, but I mean, let's face it. Sometimes we never listen to our parents. Sometimes we had to figure out that stuff on our own. And I think, with BQH and, and how I approach it, because it, what does a BQH stand for? Beyond quantum healing hypnosis. So, oh, okay. yeah, this all kind of stemmed from a woman named Dolores Cannon, who was a hypnotherapist. She passed away in 2014, but in the 60s and 70s, she started noticing what was happening in her sessions with her clients. That higher self was coming through. And through that part where her sessions like were, were taking her and her clients, she started really like receiving all this like cosmic and universal information. And I, if any of this interests you, I would say like YouTube, Dolores Cannon and the Convoluta universe. And it just is amazing between things from ancient civilizations to the future, to technology, to how our souls originate and, you know, the, the contracts that we make with one another and just how everything works that's what like piqued my interest years ago. And I naturally have a really good ability to communicate with people and hold space. And I just 
people just open up like a book with me. And I'm sure a lot of people can can relate to that. But I I realized that, you know, there was something to be had, like a gift with me doing this particularly. Um, Dolores had so many clients that she physically could not do it all. So she started teaching wow. her, her works. Um, the problem for me is if I was to learn and go through the courses that she offered, um, there wasn't any space for deviation. You had to be, it's very specific. You couldn't stray away from how it was practiced where beyond quantum hypnosis, it's not anything that's better or worse. And a lot of um, practitioners have both certifications, but BQH allows the practitioner to integrate their own modalities, whether that's crystal healing, sound frequencies, um, their intuition, um, the, I mean, sky's the limit, divination tools, whatever they feel um, can help that client. And that's where I'm like, that's me. You can't tell me to do things one way if I know intuitively that this client is going to get way more if, I, if I'm able to give this to them. So that's what made me decide this one is the right one for me. And the person who teaches the course worked right with Dolores Cannon and her workshops and, and everything like that. But she, she found that there was other ways that could help the clients more. So that's why I decided to do BQH and that's kind of where it differentiates. Oh, gotcha. Do you, um, is hypnosis a part of the past life regression or is that a separate service? So, no, it's, so they, they say it's hypnosis and we use techniques of it. So similarly, um, from like a sciencey point, which I'm not, I love science and I love understanding how it works, but like, I'm not Joe Dispenza, so I couldn't be super accurate, but what happens is right now we're communicating through an alpha brainwave state. So we're both aware of what's going on. We're processing information and we're interacting, right? So what happens when you do a regression is you go into the theta brainwave and that's the feeling that you get right before you fall asleep and right before you wake up in the morning. So it's a little bit fuzzy. You know what's going on. You're still aware, but it's kind of fuzzy. So when usually when people come out of the regression, by the way, I audio record the whole thing. So from the moment we start doing your regression till the end, it's all saved. And I send you the audio file so you can actually go back and listen to it. Some nice. people, some people. It'd be like a it. cool podcast, huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, um, some people forget what happens. And I actually have a, have had a client that once we got into the point where they were communicating with their higher self, they don't remember it. And that was that one that was, you know, a couple things got called out. And when we went back, I'm like, you know, so how do you feel about these? And how did you feel about when, when this came up? And they're like, um, I don't remember that. And I'm like, you got to listen to your audio. Yeah, <laughs> Cause that's right. where all the juicy stuff came from. So, Here's four hours of homework. Listen up. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I like to say, don't listen to it right away. A lot happens and a lot processes where it's integrating into your, your body in different ways. So I, I say, take like a week, let everything soak in, let yourself process all the things that you just went through. I mean, three hours of regression or future work or alternate life work. It's a lot. So your body may process it in different ways. You may feel amazing after you may feel like a little sick, like you, you know, you've got a headache and, and everybody reacts a little bit differently. Um, but it's really encouraged to, to re-listen to it, to hear everything that's coming from you. You know, it's not like I'm saying you were a lacrosse player and an Indian in your past life, and this is how it affected you. Side note, I'm huge into astrology. I've studied it for like 11 years, and I really like looking at the natal chart 
um, because the natal. What is that? Yeah. So is that like the way the stars are aligned? Yeah. So the natal chart is just like a screenshot of what the sky looks like at the exact time and place of your birth. Uh. So astrology is super complex and um, like really vast, and it would take forever to explain. But I'm an amateur astrologer, so I've studied it, and I I'm no pro. But there's points in a natal chart or that screenshot of, you know, where everything aligned for you at your birth that says this are these are the traits that you've um, experienced in the lives prior to now. And these are the traits in the direction that you're headed towards in this life. So I'm able to look at a natal chart and say, okay, they're predisposed, they're predisposed to having, you know, spending a lot of time with their family and loved ones and putting a lot into other people. But they're headed towards a more um, like rigid, responsible, structured life here. So I can say that when you are putting too much time into those overly developed traits from past lives or things that you've really like nailed down, your life can get unbalanced. Also, it comes into play if you're looking at multiple people's natal charts, you could have lived lives together. Sometimes I look at what's called the north and the south nodes. So the south. I wonder about if that was like similar with best friends, right? Do you have like a best friend that you talk to probably every day? Yeah. So um, I always I wonder if maybe it's like ones. past okay. life we've been friends or something, and I've, you know what I mean. I've always been curious about that. So my understanding and my personal belief is that you know we have multiple souls or like a soul family that will reincarnate with, um, and even if it's your soulmate, it doesn't mean that your past life you were a male or a female you could have been either you know your soulmate could have been your child at one point or just that soul that's helping you learn and grow through all of these lessons um you know, yeah i was definitely married to my best friend mike in a past life probably i believe it <laughs> is that that guy that is your teacher or one of the uh guys no that's uh he's like my best friend mike i've grown up with that dude man we've been friends probably since uh eighth or ninth grade i talk to him every day still yeah, and you just so maybe we were married at one point. <laughs> you know, you know when you meet that person, and if you get that feeling that you know, like I've known you for a really long time, and like this this idea of time, maybe we've met like a month ago or a year ago, but it feels like I've known you forever. There's so much comfort there. You've probably lived past lives with this. Interesting. Thing. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty cool. So you're doing all of this all while being an awesome mom. <laughs> and trying to be self-employed because there's so many other like not only doing past life regressions but you're also doing uh, uh your iron back meal prepping stuff right is that are you yeah, still doing so that? i'm actually trying to get out of the kitchen to be honest uh, with you. i do small meal programs and um i have more pushed towards just the coaching aspect um i love cooking and i've kind of gone down my own like nutritional journey I went from, you know, if, if you asked me five years ago, if I would ever go vegan or plant-based, I would have ignorantly laughed in your face. Are you plant-based? Um, sort of. I, I don't really like limit myself to anything, but I use more of a holistic intuitive approach, but I did. I went from, you know, like super big into bodybuilding and making sure I had like way too much protein looking back, like 200 grams of animal protein a day, counting my macros, being super strict to literally one day I woke up and my body said, no, like you got to stop. And for me to think that, like for me to think that was absolutely bonkers. And I did. Um, luckily, I, I knew enough to prepare myself for what I was getting into. 
And I did it for a year and my life changed in all these different ways. And then, um, you know, I've just, I've used myself as like the, the experiment project. And as I learn, I, I use myself as, you know, as practice. As a guinea pig. Exactly. So yeah. I mean, what better way can I help other people than by saying, yeah, I've done this myself. And, and this is what you should know. This is what you should be aware of. These are the benefits. These are the cons, you know, make sure you have enough of this vitamin or this nutrient or this mineral or all these things. So by doing it myself, I'm able to help other people. But with Ironback, I, I started that business in 2016. So right after my mom passed away, I'm like, I'm, I'm making my LLC, I'm doing this. And I've been cooking for people before that. But, you know, working with people and doing a lot of athletic meal programs. And now I'm at the point personally where food is so unique to people and what works for one person doesn't work for the next. I yeah, it's so rather, weird, isn't it? Yeah, I would much rather sit down and this is also like I, from the people I've worked with, I just, I know, I know what I could suggest or what would or wouldn't work. And I always give options. So I'm not going to be like, you do great on a plant-based diet because you're a high endurance athlete. And no, like some, some, some things just don't work, which there are a lot of athletes that are taking on a plant-based um nutrition program yeah there's a couple of uh ufc fighters that are plant-based saw that yeah that's super interesting to me and i think there's a couple football teams out there where they went almost everybody was like plant-based too so it's got benefits yeah yeah that's it's like you said there's no there's not like a magic pill for everybody when it comes to diet you know what i mean there's not like going vegetarian isn't a simple fix for everybody or there's even people on a carnivore diet. Like I was reading about that the other day. I'm like, carnivore? Who's just going to eat meat all day? Oh my God. They must have the worst bowel movements ever. <laughs> no, there's like a, there's, it's, I, I love listening to all these different doctors too. Usually it's people that have an issue themselves and they have to experiment to find what works best for them. And then they find other people that are in the same shoes. But I think the issue when it comes to dieting is, people think that the same thing that's going to work for their best friend is going to work for them when really their bodies are different, their lifestyles are different. They may or may not have an intolerance to certain things and autoimmune disease, things that they just don't realize. So when it comes to plant-based, that's a really great way to also like figure out what may not be working in your normal body. So like using an elimination diet and taking out all the, the foods that serve usually issues for the majority of the population and then integrating new foods slowly back over time to know what works and what doesn't work for you. Um, and, and it's all about people want those pills. They want the quick fixes, just like we go to the gym and like we do a billion crunches, which we shouldn't be doing, but like billion crunches. And we're like, where's our six pack? Like it's not a pill. <laughs> so yeah. same with diets and spirituality and making goals and, you know, emotional health. If, if we could just take a pill to, to do it all quick. I mean, there's some shortcuts with spirituality, you know, plant-based medicine, like plant medicines and ayahuasca and stuff. They really open you up. But when it comes to diets and lifestyles, you're looking for something that's going to be sustainable, right? Not something that you do for three or four weeks and then you kick it because it just didn't work for you. Like you're wasting your time. You wouldn't hire a trainer to make a perfect fitness plan for you and then quit in three weeks because you didn't get the, the progress you want. It's a commitment over time something that's going to be sustainable. You say you wouldn't want to do that, but there is a lot of people that do that shit. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are like, Oh, three weeks. Didn't see anything. Yeah. See ya. Right. <laughs> and it's, 
yeah, that's like a whole different thing. So in addition to all this stuff, like I'm, I've got to get my NASM certification. So I'm taking my, my test for that next month. And there's just so many different ways to help people, but we're all at different parts in our journey. So to have the tools to know what's going to work for you right now and what's going to work for you in six months. So when we're talking about like prior prioritizing goals, you know, as much as we want that 10 pounds or 20 pounds to come off the scale, we may not start with diets or, you know, like going right in the gym. We have to work on other areas, like your relationship with food, your relationships at home, the relationship with yourself that's holding you back from achieving all those things. So I think a misconception people think about me as a coach is they're going to come to me and I'm going to give them a meal plan. I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not going to do that. And I don't want to do that anyway. But they're going to come to me and I'm going to give them all this nutrition advice, which I could, but is that going to be sustainable for them? No, not really. I really go deep really quick and we fix the the habits and we look at the the barriers that are preventing you from moving forward. So I, I think it's just a really difficult thing because there's also so much information out there. It's overwhelming. And it's like, where do you start? Where? Yeah, some, yeah I think that's a problem for a lot of people. There's yeah. just so much information, especially in this day and age where you could literally type in on Google, um, Dolores subconscious, and you would have a whole, a whole web index of a thousand pages on her, which is, which is very interesting. It's unlike anything anybody has seen before, right? I mean, the access to information is incredible right now. So not only could you do physic help somebody physically, right? You could do it spirituality, right? Spiritually. And then mental. There's like UFC people, MMA fighters that hire a mental coach to help them train stuff. Is that something that you do or is that something you're looking to broaden your scopes with? Sort of. So it goes like hand in hand. And I, I tend to feel like if you've got an issue, like there's always, you have to work on your mind first. So who was it? Connor McGregor who hired Tony Robbins and then like everything switched for him. Right. And if you really have something that's holding you back and, and, you know, any kind of, I guess, part of your life, because what happens when somebody comes to me is I look at 12 areas of their life besides nutrition. And then we start with, you know, that piece. So when it comes to getting your mind right and, you know, people look at me and they're like, wow, you're so positive. You're so optimistic. All these things. Like, how do you do it? And it's like, not because I'm just like a ray of sunshine all the time. It's because like to, to feel like those positive things, you have to have felt the darkness. Right. So I think it's easy to get caught up in that mental darkness, that spiritual, emotional darkness, and just not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes we just don't know what options are out there. We don't know that there is help or that there's other people that have been in our shoes or that changing one small thing, you know, consistently over time will like shine a flashlight in that darkness. So for me, it's like the butterfly effect, right? Yeah. For me, it's just, I, and I, and I've thought about like, yeah, opening up a big meal um, facility to help people, but it's like, I really enjoy working one-on-one -on -one with people and really helping them in a deep way. So as much as, food as a catalyst, changing any part of your life is going to catalyze the rest of it. And it's going to change it in some beautiful way. It's never going to be perfect. You may come to me with like horrible self-confidence and really bad finances and your food like sucks, like your food choices. And in three months, 
all of those are like at a nine or 10 and you're feeling great, but now your social life sucks because you're counting your macros all the time. Like it's never going to be like some beautiful, even like fairy tale. It's constantly, we're working on different parts of our life to be better, to show up better for ourselves or our partners or our kids or our community or our work or whatever it is, but it's never going to be perfect. If it was like, what's the point of being here? Right? So I, I view it all as like one big journey and lesson, and I'm constantly educating myself, working on myself. And when those times of darkness come, like I'll sit in it, I'll sit and I'll feel those emotions because what you resist will persist and faking it and thinking that your life is a bundle of joy when there's really issues at hand, it's going to pop up and your life will slow you down. Um, you know, I just got over my second ACL injury and oh, in that time, man, like, same knee too, right? Same knee, so, same knee. Oh. I was out for basically all of the summer and I was, what did they do for your first one? What did, was it, did it tear completely? Yeah. Like it was gone. I was doing, um, I, so I guess I should say that the day before I had some deep tissue work done and my massage therapist said, take it easy, Morgan. And I mm. said, okay. The next day I was out flipping tires up an incline, smashing, like, you know, just doing crazy stuff. Squatting 500 pounds, like a beast. Yeah. And then just, <laughs> Boom. I swear it felt like somebody threw a boulder at my knee and I was just down, like down. And um, they used a hamstring graft for my first one. And I I don't know what happened, you know, for the next one. And I'm all about, you know, life is going to slow you down to make you recognize and acknowledge the things that you're not acknowledging. Last year, I was in a really crappy place. I was in a relationship that was not good for me, not putting me in a good place, but I had to go through those things, those dark places, those dark times and feel all that. And had I not, maybe I wouldn't get certified to do BQH. Maybe I wouldn't have went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to help people even more. And I think that there's an equally amazing role that these dark times play in our life just as much as the positive. So the villains in our story may actually be the biggest heroes that we just don't like conceptualize that way if you know what I'm saying sometimes it takes being at the bottom to really push yourself and ignite yourself to be to the top but there's no easy shortcuts and really stopping and and viewing yourself and and where you want to be and you know what habits you're taking now and being real we can lie to ourselves all day long like yeah our diet's great we may eat like a half sleeve of Oreos at like two in the morning and dunk them in peanut butter, but like guilty as fuck. We, we won't tell our nutrition coach that because no, we're above that. No, like and your nutrition coach isn't perfect. I think people look at, you know, any kind of mentor, we're all humans, right? We're not perfect. So, you know, making sure that we're being honest with ourselves and those people that are trying to help us, including our partners and relationships, people that come to me, like, with any issues, communication is the first thing. If you can't openly communicate with yourself or that person, you're just building up lots of problems. And, and it's hard to, to go from a pile of buildup to like the truth, right? Because so, then it's all it takes is one straw to break the camel's back. And then all of a sudden, why the fuck don't you ever help with laundry? What the hell? It's like, yeah. whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> I ate Oreos last night and I'm super down on myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's those elf, those double stuffed elf fudge cookies. Oh, those are my weakness. 
the, the white with a chocolate in the middle. Oh, yeah, the Keebler Elf double fudge cookies. Do you warm your milk before you dunk it, or do you just no? straight in cold milk? You gotta warm it. What? If you warm it, it like it does, it's different too. So the sugars will like caramelize. It's oh, oh. if you're gonna be bad, you, you might as well do it right. This is this is the reason why I had you come on the pod because I want nutritional advice. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you're gonna nutritional advice on how to eat double stuff cookies. You gotta better. heat the milk before you dunk the cookie. Yeah, no, it, it's funny you said that. Uh, the dark times are kind of what helps people. If I was an intellectual person like Sam Harris, I would say something like, "Well, it's purely coincidence, and you are everything is." doesn't happen for a reason it's just it's what the universe says and it's like but at the same time i i think that if i you know i worked retail for a majority of my life and if i didn't get i applied for a store manager position at a company like three separate times right and they turned me down all three times all they all said the same reason it was every time was we think you're great we think you're gonna be a great store manager but so-and-so just has 15 years experience as a store manager at Home Depot, or this person has 20 years experience as a, as a district manager. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing in retail anyways? <laughs> if those moments didn't happen to me, I would not be doing real estate right now. I think those, those kind of moments they, where you have the setback is great because maybe it is the universe telling you, something's bigger at play or maybe you need a change maybe you need something different you know yeah. i like that idea better than things don't happen for a reason and everything is random i um so back to like soul contracts and like your purpose in life the one thing that we're gifted with with is free will so same if you go to like a medium and they're like this is your future and this is what it is that's great that's just one little avenue they saw so if you go home and you pick up at the store like this really new awesome cookie that you then become addicted to then then you know like the smallest change don't attack me morgan change everything no <laughs> that was me for lenny and larry cookies for like the longest time I wait what cookies the, the lenny and larry cookies like the protein cookies that are supposed to be gonna write them down <laughs> they're pretty good they're pretty good but like now you got some companies that come out with like these handcrafted big like gigantic post-workout cookies that are like full of rice krispies and like fruity pebbles and marshmallows yep. and all these Sign things right so yeah I, I think that's a brilliant idea by the way because you have to have balance so you might as well balance really well but like <laughs> but like any any small part of your life could just change the rest of it but we have the power to change that and sometimes getting told no will push us in the direction that we really want to go or that we're going to be better at. Yeah. And that, and that's what it was for me when I got in and I, it's, they literally, it was three times in a row. They said the same thing. Like, you'll be a great manager. Just not right now. We got somebody with more experience. And I'm like, well, how am I ever going to get a crack at running a store? If I can't even, if these people have all been in retail since I was in diapers, you know, it's like, how can you even, how can you, compete with something like that you know so i don't it, those kind of moments where i always think of that as you know like a a catalyst to where i am now you know or like when my grandfather passed away right that was the first time i had to like deal with death and realize that that life is very fleeting and things things can happen in an instant right because he got diagnosed with 
uh, stage three stomach cancer in January, was told that he wasn't going to live for two months. And then he made it to July and he passed from uh, like a blood infection, basically when he was in the hospital. And that was a moment, a catalyst in my life that I was like, holy shit, I need to appreciate the people in my life a lot better. So there's all these little moments that are in my life that I always always think of it as a catalyst or there's that term um, like you're an arrows being pulled back, right? You get set back and then shot forward, right? So had something like that, I wouldn't have that perspective of, you know, now I say I love you to my friends way more often because my literally because my grandfather passed away and I, it was like a perspective shift right yeah so exactly and it hurts in the moment and you think what good is going to come of this ever and then you can look back at a, a you know over the course of time and say wow look at what came of this and you know it was horrible and it hurts so much but i've been able to do this or i've grown from this experience or whatever it is in some way that you couldn't see when you were in that dark space yeah and is that when you talk to people, is that usually how a majority of conversations start is like, I'm in, I'm in a dark place and I have, I need to work on this or is it more about just talking to them first and you trying to figure out that Rubik's cube of what they need? Cause I'd imagine some people might come to you and not even know what they need. Right. Exactly. So some of, some people come to me thinking we're going to talk about nutrition and then I end up talking about something completely different. And then they're like, wow, I had no idea it was going to go this way, but I'm so glad it did. Some example, this podcast, this podcast, I thought we were going to talk mostly about uh, nutrition and, and meal prep stuff, but this is a cool direction too. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. So it, it always goes like, it never goes the way that it's anticipated with me. And that's what I think everybody gets when they come to me is like, oh, that's not what I thought. But some people are in really dark places. And instead of focusing on the dark place, I can pick up, you know, what's going on with them to say, okay, well, think of it from this way. And then I ask the right questions for themselves to start processing it in a little bit different way. And then, you know, it's it just kind of like sparks something different. Some people are in a better place and, you know, they just don't understand why they feel certain ways. So sometimes it is important to go back to the past or go back to childhood or analyze these things that we tend to bury down and just like leave it there for a while, but it's still there. So to kind of like deal with it is it's not fun and you know, it's emotional sometimes, but I think it's important to trust who you're working with too. So some people just need a little bit of direction. Some people just need, you know, they know what they want. They want nutrition advice. They know, you know, just tell me what's going to work for me. Okay. Well try this. It might work. Try adding your macros like this. Ooh, they lost 40 pounds. Thanks so much. No problem. When you want to work on the deep stuff, let me know. So, um, it, it's all different, but I, I tend to pick up on the things that are most important now. And it's just like prioritizing the goals. You, you may think you're here, but really you're like back here or up here. So it's, it's different for everybody, but I've had had people come to me all over the spectrum so what's what's next for you what else are you gonna i met your life is like a like a server's tray right and then you have some you have like four coffees and then you have a an entree meal stacked on top of it and then you have a mimosa stacked in the middle of that and then you just have all these like this giant server plates of stuff so what else are you going to add to the the server tray oh my goodness so i Part of what I really like 
um, that got me in like spirituality is um, working with the sacred plant medicines. So of the First Nations and the indigenous peoples. And it's something where I don't like push out too much, but I'm working on a product line for people um, to be able to cleanse their energy and their home and their space, um, especially if they've had big arguments or fights or, you know, every month just kind of start fresh and new. So I'm getting ready to put out a product line of sage and house blessings and um, using these, these plant medicines and these tools to kind of help yourself. If you're not coming to me, you can do it on your own. As long as you have the intention and the belief and you do it, then it'll work. So um, that's down the line. And then in about five to 10 years, I really hope to be at the head of a really beautiful facility with health coaches beneath me and financial advisors and acupuncturists. And basically you come in with your problems. We look at what's going on with life. We set you up with the coach and the advisor and, and all the people that are going to help you wherever you're at. So like a wellness center, very much a wellness center. Um, and you know, helping other people help themselves. So, I mean, that's like the business side. I've got my own personal things that I, um, I'm really excited to do when the time comes, not yet, but eventually down the line. So you said a uh, sacred plant medicine. I'm like, is Morgan going to like grow a weed farm or something? No, even more sacred. So, <laughs> so the, four, the four sacred plant medicines are sage, cedar, tobacco, and sweetgrass. And they all have these elements of healing um, that go beyond spiritual um, into physical. And it's a lot of stuff that Native Americans use, right? Yes, very much. So you, using a lot of cultural appropriation and educating people on these um I'm very small amount Native American on my mother's side, but I, I have this connection with Mother Earth and the elements and spiritual beings and all these things that help me help other people in some really crazy and bizarre ways. So educating people to show them that with respect and with intent and, you know, an appreciation that they can help themselves too, right? So um, that's, a really big thing I'm hoping to get off within the next few months. So fingers crossed. A product line. That's cool. What, what goes into starting a product line? Like you probably have to find all the products, right? Like you have to find yeah. who's going to manufacture it. And so like with plant medicines, um, the harvesting of them is super important. So making sure that um, everything is sustainably sourced and that good it was, quality, right? Yep. And who, you don't want some kind of crappy sage. No, you don't want that. And that's, it's really important to know where these things come from. Um, because if it's just like, um, like the energies of food, right? So we, we, we hold these energies within our body. So if we were to go like slaughter an animal and they're feeling fear and all this crappy emotions and they were killed in a really horrible way, all that energy is going to be stuck in their body. So when we consume that meat, it's going to be, you know, it's going to bring us down. So just like plants, plants have their own frequencies. So if they're harvested with care and love and all this thing, they're going to bring you that much more energy and a better frequency. So um, sourcing, which I already did, and then understanding what tools need to be put together for whatever benefit that you're looking for. So it's something that I've had a passion of for my entire life. So I've got a lot of education on that, but making sure I find um, all these beautiful ways to incorporate it and to give it to people in a way that 
they can actually feel the energy that is meant for them. So, yeah. That's really cool. I think that's a great way to uh, end the podcast. If anybody wanted to kind of see what you're doing or kind of stay connected, I guess, what's the best way for them? Yeah. So my website is cleansing consciousness. It's a mouthful. Um, but you can go there or you can follow me at the conscious sage on Facebook. The famous conscious sage, the famous, the famous, uh, so what we'll do is when, uh, at the end of this, just send me all your information. I'll put it in the show description. So anybody listening or watching, watching, this is kind of an upgrade. Um, you can see in the show description and then you can, uh, see our friend Morgan. So thanks for doing this. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate the hell out of you. Yeah, same. I look forward to seeing all your cool stuff in your videos. And I love everything you're doing with your real estate. Seriously, if I was buying a house, I'd come to you just because you bring something nobody else does. And that's what I look for. That's, that's what I'm trying. I said it before in the past where I think uh, a lot of agents just uh, talk about, you know, how great they are. And I think a lot of people would much prefer a, they want to see people's personality, right? So this is a good way to learn my personality, right? You watch a couple of the episodes. You, I'm giving something of value, right? They're learning a lot about uh, sacred plant medicine from you, past life regressions from you. So I'm kind of giving more information to people. And that's just, uh, that is my focus. And to help people get into houses because that's super important. Yeah, you're doing great. Well, thanks. I appreciate you. Likewise, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you thank you so much for listening to the show the love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing from the text messages to social media posts It's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time. And I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.